This is Stephen Strang, and today on my podcast, we're going to talk about supporting Trump during his greatest presidential challenge. Hello, everyone. You know that I have written Guide Trump in the 2020 Election. It was the third in a trilogy of books I wrote about this amazing man who I believe that God raised up to be president of the United States. And here we are in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic crisis. And it's ironic to me and hypocritical that so many on the left have been so desperate to criticize President Donald Trump in his quest for making America great again. For example, in his handling of the COVID-19 crisis, the criticisms are wide and varied. Trump didn't close the border soon enough. He closed them too soon. He didn't speak up enough. He spoke up too much. He took the advice of the wrong people, or he didn't listen to enough people. Even before the Chinese coronavirus pandemic, President Trump was criticized for everything from his lifestyle, although before he ran for president as a Republican, they saw nothing wrong with his past, and he seemed to be the darling of the liberal media. And now they criticize, of course, his beliefs, has he done and said things that don't reflect the teachings of the Bible? Well, yes, most politicians are like that. Donald Trump is imperfect, but according to some people that I talked to and researched, even in my book, Guide Trump in the 2020 election, that actually makes him a great leader. You know, there are many Christians, in fact, most Bible-believing Christians support the president. The poll showed that, 81% in the last election. But there are also some Christians, they're probably sincere, I think they're sincerely wrong, who seem to magnify everything he's ever done wrong and say he is not an example of a good Christian. Well, of course he's not, and neither are most of us, certainly not most of the people who are making the criticism. But they're kind of goody two-shoes. The ones I know are kind of Pharisees, actually. You know, they're very pious. They look down their noses at everyone. But the ones I know, they're pretty liberal, too. You know, they like to drink. There are a lot of things that a generation ago Christians would have considered sinful that they don't see anything wrong with. But yet, Donald Trump is not the perfect person. And I've wondered sometimes who they want. And when I've had it described to me, it's like the only person that's like that is Mr. Rogers. And I like Mr. Rogers, frankly. He actually is from our area. He's in heaven now. I believe he's a good man and a good role model. But he would have never made a good president like Donald Trump. And I believe that as Christians, that a lot of times we have created artificial standards for our leaders that God doesn't have for his own leaders in the Bible. David Barton, the historian, actually told me that. In fact, I wrote in the book, I quoted David Barton, I have flaws, Trump has flaws, we can point them out in a self-righteous manner, or if we can look at Hebrews 11, we see these great leaders, all the great leaders in Hebrews 11, which was the kind of the hall of fame in the Bible, I call it, but God certainly used them. Barton told me that conservative Christians should look at what the president's done for the economy and standing for religious liberty and appointing righteous judges, protecting the unborn, supporting Israel. So many things that the Bible specifically talks about. No president in our lifetime has gotten as many things biblically correct as he has. 
Because of this, Barton says that Christians must be willing to support Trump and not allow the left to undermine his conservative agenda any longer. He points out that we don't have to win every American to our thinking. We just need to win more than we have now. And author Lance Wallnau made the same point. He said, and I quoted in my book, figures like Churchill, Lincoln, George S. Patton don't step out of cathedrals onto the stage of history. Yet we canonize them later as instruments that God raised up to meet a singular crisis. None of these men were conventional Christians. They had many detractors in the clergy, yet each played a pivotal role in history. They stood strong against the enemies of freedom and helped safeguard our way of life and our Christian heritage. You know, this is the reason I wrote the book, partly because I wanted to make the case that Christians need to support this man, who I believe is a great leader. And I believe that this COVID-19 pandemic has shown what a leader he is, yet he is attacked at every turn by the left. I'm working on a book. In fact, I just finished a book. It's going to be an e-book, a quick book. It's called God, Trump, and COVID-19. And I just worked on it today, as a matter of fact. And, you know, when he closed the border to China on January 31st, which is exactly a month today from when the Chinese even admitted they had a problem to the World Health Organization, the Democrats went crazy. They called him a xenophobe. Both Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders said in their debate they would not have closed the borders. I mean, there is plenty of documentation And then Nancy Pelosi and others are saying he didn't close the border soon enough. I mean, this is just the hypocrisy. And of course, in my new book, I delve into that. And I wrote the book partly because the pandemic, of course, came a number of months after I finished. I believe that after the pandemic has passed us, that the issues that I write about, religious liberty, who's on the Supreme Court, support for Israel, support for the unborn, just our freedoms of religion that the left is trying to take away from us. Look how they hound poor Jim Baker. I mean, it's like they have set him up as a target. They watch him every single day, just looking for anything they can pounce on. And, you know, sometimes he says stuff that in hindsight he wouldn't say. Sometimes our critics can help us improve. But, you know, they want to put him out of business. And the thing is that they want all ministries like that, who are conservative, who are strong for biblical values, who are preaching the gospel, they want to put us out of business. And they're going after Jim Baker today. I talked about that on my podcast recently. And if you didn't listen to it, I am getting such a huge response to it. You really need to go back on the Charisma Podcast Network and listen to it. I think it's very, very important. You know, in my books and on podcasts, I've talked about this before, I'm a big admirer of Winston Churchill. I've read several books about him, and I believe that history has shown that he was the right man at the right time to be used by God, and yet he also, like Trump, was not very popular. He was often described with terms that were often used in association with Donald Trump. He was called an aristocratic adventurer who lacked good judgment and political skills. Others called him rootless, unstable, unsound, an undeniable cad. According to a biography that was written by his great-grandson named Jonathan Sandys, and the name of the biography, believe it or not, was God and Churchill. And the subtitle was how the great leader's sense of divine destiny changed his troubled world and offers hope to ours. Is a great read. 
By the way, I saw the book when I was visiting Dr. James Dobson's office, and I commented on it, and he's an admirer of Winston Churchill, as I am, and he recommended the book, and I went out and read it. I recommend you do, too. And then you need to read my book, God and Donald Trump. I just thought it was interesting that his book was called God and Churchill. But anyway, in that book, his great-grandson, Jonathan Sandys, who is himself a believer, said that the elites in Britain considered Churchill an embarrassment to important people in the conservative party. He was viewed as impetuous, a real danger who tended not to count the cost of his endeavors. That was an actual quote. The British didn't like him until they needed someone very strong to defeat the Nazis. He didn't have many fans within the Christian community either. The conservative Christians of his day, their equivalent of never-Trumpers, didn't like the fact that he smoked cigars and loved drinking brandy. He was a deeply flawed man, but God raised him up, I believe, to save Western civilization. Churchill seemed to know that he had that destiny. Sandy's, his great-grandson, makes the case that his famous great-grandfather actually felt a call from God his entire life. Can you believe it? His entire life to save Western civilization. And a case can be made that, of course, he did just that, from stopping Hitler from taking over Great Britain. And in the face of Hitler's military might, Churchill had to resolve to move ahead anyway and to never quit. He was a strong leader, and his example shows that God can use whoever he wants. That's what I see in Donald Trump and why people support him despite all the criticisms thrown at him. In that respect, Trump resembles the British Prime Minister, Winston Churchill, who often went against convention, decorum, and his own party to badger the people of Britain into defending their country against Hitler's Third Reich. He was viciously attacked by the media of his day. Today, Donald Trump invites the same kind of bitterness and resentment by raising alarms about the unraveling of American society when our political elites, buttressed by the media, are denying that anything is wrong. Like Churchill, Trump is a target of opposition forces seeking to silence him for his bluntness and to stop him from speaking from the heart about problems the political establishment has been sweeping under the carpet for generations. True leaders, such as Churchill, show strength of character in the face of adversity. Granted, Britain was in a life-and-death struggle with Nazi Germany, which threatened to destroy all of civilization. Forgive me if you consider this hyperbolic, but the situation in America is almost as serious, considering the world we might have entered had Hillary Clinton won the election instead of Donald Trump. It's a world where we could have lost our constitutional protections to our religious freedoms. And in this case, our struggle wasn't with guns, tanks, and planes. It was a political battle over the presidency and the direction our nation now has and the direction it's been going for generations. And now we come to COVID-19, which has removed in a matter of three weeks everything that Trump built in the economy in three years. Who would have thought in my book, Guy Trump in the 2020 election, I have a whole chapter on why he might lose. And one of the reasons was that the economy tanks, kind of all bets are off. And the left and the Democrats who never miss any opportunity to bash Trump, they're trying to blame him for this virus. Some idiot even wanted to call it the Trump virus. Well, it isn't. It was the Wuhan coronavirus. There are many coronaviruses. And 
Now it's starting to come out that this lab, it probably leaked from the lab. We don't know if it was on purpose or as an accident. You know, we'd almost have to assume it's an accident. You know, I delve into that some in my new book, which is kind of a continuation of God Trump, the 2020 election. I told someone today that if the coronavirus had been out back when I wrote it, that it's kind of what I would have talked about. You know, the lies in the press, what's happening, how Trump has been a strong leader, how they try to trap him into say that he's like a dictator. And instead, he's spreading out the responsibility among the 50 governors. But it is frightening to see how far some of the Democratic leaders of some of the states and some of the governors and some of the mayors of the big cities, how far they've gone. I mean, you know, I read that the mayor of New York and Los Angeles were both encouraging their citizens to turn in people that were defying their orders to stay at home. I mean, it's like a police state. It's like house arrest. And, you know, all of us are concerned about this virus. We didn't want it to become a new bubonic plague. You know, they were telling us that 2 million Americans might die. That's a huge number. And it seems that the elderly are the most vulnerable. My 91-year-old mother is in an assisted living center, which is shut down. They don't want that virus going in there. It'd probably wipe half the people out. Thank God that has not happened. But now the numbers are starting to come in. You know, they keep lowering them. And someone told me today that Dr. Anthony Fauci is saying that the death toll may be about what the common flu is. I'm going to research that in the next day or two. But, you know, we don't shut down the economy and the country for the common flu. You know, how many people are killed in car wrecks and we don't tell people not to drive. So... I think that Donald Trump is hitting the right tone. He's wanting the country to open up. Of course, a lot of you will be listening to this after the country is already open. And you'll know things, of course, in hindsight that we don't know or that I don't know as I'm recording this podcast in uh, mid-April 2020. But I hope you'll want to read my book. It'll be available on Kindle. It's not out yet, but it'll be available soon. We'll have limited copies on Amazon.com. We're rushing it out because, of course, people are very interested in this. But I believe that the issues in my book are still going to exist and that Trump's leadership, you know, he's a great leader. I really believe that, one of the best leaders we've ever had. You know, the media fawned all over Barack Obama. He was not nearly as good as they said. There's lots you could criticize him about. That's not my point today. But if they were as positive on Trump, he would have been the most popular president in history. But a lot of people only know what they hear on the media. And boy, if you only listen to CNN, it's a very, very different story. That's one reason I wrote my book. It's from a Christian perspective. I spent my whole career being an objective journalist. I have never been accused of inaccurate reporting Some people make fun of me because I'm a Pentecostal. The right-wing watch people will sometimes criticize something I do, but, you know, it's along the lines of only an idiot would say something like Steve says, and usually it's a badge of honor that they would say something derogatory or that they would even bother to pay attention to what I say. I'm not trying to draw attention to myself at all. I'm not just trying to sell books, although that is my business. In my career, I've published over 3,000 different books, and of course, we sold millions and millions of copies. But I wrote this because I thought it was important. I thought I had something to say. I thought I had a different perspective. It was a lot of fun to write. I wrote it only 11 days, 
And so you'll have to watch for it. But meanwhile, I hope you'll go on Amazon and buy my book, God, Trump, in the 2020 election. I just got a report today that the sales are really holding up, so maybe people have more time to read. And also, we put thousands of copies in Sam's and Walmart. And while the Christian bookstores and a lot of the Barnes and Nobles have actually closed down during the pandemic, Sam's and Walmart, of course, are open. And I guess people go up and down the aisles and see the books, and there it is, and they buy it. And I'm very encouraged by that. And I hope that you'll read this book. I hope you'll share it with friends. I'm getting a lot of good feedback. You can send me feedback through info at charismamedia.com. They pass along the emails. I got several today. I really appreciate it. So with that, I'll wrap it up. And this podcast is designed to deal with the issues facing our country, the nation, especially as we come up to this election, and also to draw attention to this book that I spent months working on. There's a lot of work doing a book, very, very carefully researched, every single quote vetted with the original source to be sure that it was right. And like I told you already, you can buy it on Amazon or in places like, uh, I think BJ's is open. They have copies. I'm not sure everywhere that's open and closed, but I know that Sam's and Walmart are. And I hope that you'll read the book. Uh, In a way, you're supporting what we're doing here at Charisma Media and supporting me personally by picking up a copy. And I offered to give it to a friend of mine. You know, I do that. I'm a generous guy. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, but I'm going to buy a copy. I want to support you. And, you know, that really meant a lot to me. And I said, I'm going to send you the copy anyway. You'll have two copies. So if you want an autographed copy, you can go to our website. I'll say it and then I'll spell it. But it's GodTrump2020.com. It's a shortened version of the name of the book, God Trump, G-O-D-T-R-U-M-P. 2020.com. So that's how you spell it. And you can always back up a podcast and listen to it again if you didn't get it the first time. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. Share it with people. I'm so encouraged that people are apparently sharing my podcast. I know the one that I did with Jim Baker has really been shared. If you missed that on the Strang Report, you need to go listen to it on the Charisma Podcast Network. And my numbers, Adelie was just telling me that I'm well over 4.2 million podcasts. I can't believe it. And over 2.2 million since the first of this year. And I know that a lot of it is because people like you tune in every day and also that they share the podcast with others. So with that, I'll wrap up this edition of my podcast. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, God bless you.